This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. The Metaphysical Connection, episode 41, Walt Schnabel, Jim Lorette, and I, Eric Renner King Fisk, talk about Nazi fortunes. How the Nazis get the money needed to build the greatest war machine the world had ever known at the time? We also talk about the election and Donald Trump's victory. Does this parallel Hitler's rise to power? Is Trump America's Hitler? Or is this just angst against Trump war propaganda like we've heard time and time again? Bush is Hitler. No, Clinton is Hitler. No, Bush Jr. is Hitler. No, Obama is Hitler. Will the real Hitler please stand up? Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. I don't like it as a joke. You know what, Derek? You're fired. I think that is so stupid for you to say, you're fired. Terrible. You shouldn't use that expression anymore either. How stupid can you be? I hope not. I hope this doesn't, make it, into, <laughs> this doesn't make it into an outtake show. That could be bad. You can divorce yourself from it. <laughs> now, I, I would I would like to get your spin. You, you know, you've you've done a lot of uh, study um, with the World War II era. So, you, you know, you have a lot of background. So I don't know. Well, you know right, I'm a, you I'll, 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 I'll hang in. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little rusty. Don't worry uh, about it. We'll, we'll not. Stopped, we'll not. It was making me crazy. So I, I, I shut myself down uh, on that side of my brain. But uh, I'll, I'll see what I I'll hang in there. Sure. It, Thanks for it. the invite. Shut, shut down the uh, Luftwaffe in your brain. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Because we were not planning on on doing the show with a series of shows on the Fourth Reich to coincide with the election. It just turned out that way because we've exercised all the other plans that we were going to do, all the other shows that we were going to do. We did them, and we said that after we do um, the origin of witches and the origin of Halloween, we'll get to the Fourth Reich, and it just so happened to coincide with the election. Well, it's pretty prophetic, actually, when you think about it. It's almost, it's synchronous. When you think about the results of the election, um, it, it sort of clicks in, I think. My opinion. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, I, I, I can't say that I'm totally caught by surprise. I can't say I'm not um, depressed either by it, but... Um, you know, I, I think it's probably just one of those cycles that we have to get through, and hopefully it won't be too too, too many negative ramifications from it. So, um, what do you think, Eric? What's your, what's your reaction? I mean, I, I, that's, you know, the, the only thing I have to say is that the connection here is, it seems to me fairly obvious that, you know, we're going to be talking about the Fourth Reich today. Yeah. And, and if we look at the Third Reich, you know, which was the pre- cursor to the fourth Reich, obviously yeah, yeah. um you know it, it seems like a lot of the pieces that that trump has in place kind of fit that whole scenario um if you i you know i saw a picture of the guys that he's considering for critical positions in his administration and and they all look like thugs you know you're talking about rudy giuliani and um i think christy um and, and they you know they you could put nazi uniforms on all those guys 
you know. I don't know. I don't know if they could find one big enough for Christie, but um, oh, they, they'll, they'll find the fabric. They, well, they found uh, uh, they found a uniform for for Herman Gehring. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, just, he had them custom made. Oh yeah, well, they were powder blue, weren't they? I think. Yeah. For the most part, yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll see Christie in a powder blue uh, suit or something. That'd be sweet. I'm I'm going to tell you. I know I'm making light of. I know that I know that you th- I know you think that you're being funny, but I mean I I will tell you because the thing is is that I really sort of had a, a a real serious come to Jesus moment over the weekend talking about this. But all the all the crap that had been said about what Obama was going to do when he took office, are we doing this podcast in a FEMA camp somewhere? Hmm. Not that I know. Unless uh, well, you do have some fences out there, but. But I mean, I, I, I mean, no, seriously. I mean, have we all been rounded up and put in a FEMA camp yet? No. But who knows what the next stage is? I don't know. Did the, I mean, that's, uni- the that's the thing that's concerning. Did, did, what, what, did, how this is going to play out? Did the, uni- did the uni- serious question? Did the United Nation dispatch troops here to the United States to confiscate everybody's guns and all of their laptops and all of their podcasting equipment? All right, all right, where, where are you going with this, Eric? I'm, everything I'm that everything that was said about Obama that was going to happen, never, it never happened. It's all rhetoric. It never happened. It's all rhetoric. So all the crap about everything that everybody is saying that, oh, Trump is going to do this, Trump is going to do that. I don't, I don't, I I think that 90% of it is just, it's pure rhetoric. It's crap. We don't know that. We don't know that. Um, they might have said the same thing about Hitler. Yeah. You know, look how that, look how that ended up. But the, the, the thing, the thing that, that really focuses my attention is the fact that Trump is a Trump is a character. He's he's a, he's he's almost a caricature. Yeah. Um, and and he created an image, or somebody created an image. They didn't have far to go with him, that appealed to a group of people that are a undereducated, and and b feel underrepresented. Yeah. You know. So so the rhetoric that he was spewing resonated with them. Because they really didn't need more than simple phraseology to get their to get their hackles up and get them yeah. fired up, and, and yeah. they're the ones that came out and voted, and everybody else sort of sat on their hands and said, "Oh, he's not going to get elected. He's just, you know, he's just a clown." Surprise or whatever. Well, you know what? Here you go. It's a brand new day. Yeah. So that's the thing that is sort of up for, up in the air, because Trump is a wild card. Now, I, I don't have any doubt in my mind that he was the candidate of choice for the cabal. That, oh, no, that, absolutely. That really, that really runs the show. And, you know, if he won, then they had that card. And, and if Hillary won, then they had that card. So either way, they had, the, they had a card. They had a, a Trump card, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, you know, yeah literally and, and figuratively. Pun, pun intended, yeah. Literally and figuratively. Um, so, Jim, to bring you into the conversation, do you see any c- connectivity between Hitler's rise to power and and uh, the rhetoric that, that Trump's spewing out? Do, do you see any connection there? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I know you're a student of history, so you, you know a lot about the rise of the Third Reich. You know, I know you've read all of those Shearer books and, and all those um, things that, that really chronicled that. So, I don't know. What do you think? Well... It was different times. Uh, <clears throat> remember, Hitler said uh, that he was the greatest actor in the in the world, and he was always posing. You know, he was an ultimate consummate politician. And he was I posturing. Think yeah, he was Trump always posturing. Took, 
took a page out of that book, you know, what he said on the campaign trail to get votes and what he's actually going to implement and whatever type of rhetoric we hear coming from him now that he's president might be two different things. Uh, you know, we have to wait and see. First of all, go back, you know, Germany was a homo homogeneous. We are not homogeneous here in America. In fact, the, you know, the popular vote was split with a few more on the Democratic side. So um, the conditions are not the same. You know, I don't think he's going to be a, another Hitler. You have to remember, too, that, you know, we have a, a Senate and a House of Representatives and a Supreme Court, so we have checks and balances. There were none in the Fourth Reich. I mean, you know, you had the Reichstag, but they were all Nazis, and they did whatever, you know, they followed Hitler's lead. And, um, you know, the bureaucracy that was created, you know, from bottom to top was subservient to him. So that's a huge difference. You're not, you know, we don't have that here. So, yeah, can you look at similarities? Did he play on emotions? Did he play on divisiveness? Did he, did he uh, play on the emotions of the of the people? Uh, I, I'd say, yeah, that's a that's a similarity. And I think the surprise landslide <clears throat> uh, showed that. You know, the Democrats they they trotted out. Jay-Z and Beyonce. I was going to mention that. Yeah. I think that backfired on them because, like, I don't think they understand it. People are freaking fed up with Black Lives Matter and the media and commercials, like, pushing uh, scenes of gay people in bed and kissing and commercials putting pushing uh, interracial couples down our throat. Nothing against any of that. But people don't want it crammed down their throat. So I think there was a, there was a. This election was a backlash. I think it was a, it, the, he he grabbed the pulse of the undercurrent, and that's what Hitler did. So there are your similarities. But and that wasn't uh, the only thing he grabbed. It's not, not going to be exactly the same. So I don't think you're going to see stormtroopers marching in the streets, or people coming in and taking our guns and our computers. But um, you know. Like you said, well, we've got to wait and see what direction this all takes because right. the people he's going to put around him, and I'm not crazy about Giuliani, and I'm really not crazy about Christie because, you know, I live in the state. He's done nothing for us. So. Yeah. I'm going to tell you who really stole the 50 and over vote away from uh, from Hillary Clinton, especially the, the, the women who are 50 and older. The, the old, the, the, I guess the church lady set, you could call them. Well, isn't that special? Miley, yeah. Miley Cyrus campaigning for Hillary Clinton. Lena Dunham, little, little portly potty mouth Lena Dunham, Amy Schwimmer, Katy Perry, all of these actors and actresses and performers who came out and, 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 and lectured us about morality. What the hell is Miley Cyrus doing lecturing <laughs> us about morality? People try to make me seem a lot less centered than I am. I'm, yeah. I'm not, who is Lena Dunham to lecture me about morality? But that's, but Eric, that's all a sideshow. No, they're, I know it they're, is. They're all Illuminati. All yeah. of those people yeah. are Illuminati. It's very clear. And, and they were run out to, to try to create that illusion of, of Hillary <laughs> being popular and... And and like you and said, she's not. Jim, she's I, not. I, I no, she was never popular. Um, but that doesn't that does not make her incompetent either. You know, the 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 people that I feel bad for is people like my wife who 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 wanted so badly to see a female president, 
And, and you know, I think it, it, I do think it's time for that, but I'm not sure either that that Hillary Clinton was the was the right candidate to fulfill that role. I think she just had too much baggage and and Trump, you know, played on that. And, and yeah. he, he appealed to the people that, you know, we, we talked on the previous show, Jim. I don't know whether you listened to the show previous to this, but um, we talked about author, authoritarian authoritarian rule. Thank you. Eric. Yeah. Uh, but, but what that comes down to is people who want somebody that is um, appears to be sort of almost like a father figure. So yeah. Somebody that is going to protect them and is going to have a simple message, you know, that, that people can understand that, that you know, it, does, it doesn't require a whole lot of intellectual processing. Um, they want law and order. They want to be protected. And, and they want punitive things to happen to people who don't follow what they're supposed to do, follow the rules, you know, and he fulfilled all of those. Tenets, oh, absolutely. You know, perfectly. So all the people that wanted that, whether it was consciously or unconsciously, and sometimes it is unconsciously when there's, when there's a, <clears throat> when there's a feeling of insecurity, that's the kind of person that, you know, comes to the forefront because he fulfills all those things. It's almost a primal urge. Like I said, last, last show, you know, if somebody's attacking the cave, you know, you don't want to run out Wally Cox. No. You know, to, to, right. to guard the cave. You know what I'm saying? You want, you know, you want Arnold Schwarzenegger or somebody. Yeah. You know, who's who's not going to, you know, not going to play around. Exactly. And, yeah. and I think that's the role that, that Trump fulfilled. Whether that's his actual role or not, it remains to be seen. And, you know, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, I do think we have to kind of give him a chance to... To see how you don't have thing, a choice. To how this thing rolls. No, we don't have a choice. You don't have. Don't you, have I'm telling. I'm going to tell you. We because it's over. The election yeah, yeah, is yeah. over, right. and all the protesters right. who are out there right now, and who are out there last night, picketing around Trump Tower. And, I, and when Walt came in, and I and I said this because we were talking about this half jokingly. Where the hell were you for the last 11 months? Yeah, they're sitting on their hands saying, oh, well, I think Hillary's going to win. There's, oh, no, maybe I'll vote for there's, there's, no way that yeah, Tr- there's no way that Trump would ever win. Well, yeah. and, the, and, and they can protest all they want for as long as they want. It's not going to change the, the, the result. So they can, they can either keep doing that and waste their time and their energy. And which they're doing. Or, or they can put that energy into, into furthering their lifestyle on a, on a more microcosmic level here's and, something and creating a basis for whatever the next wave looks like I'm gonna, and i'm gonna, this this is done it's it's a done deal and i'm and going it's to gonna t- be what it's going to be i've worked on more than my fair share of campaigns and i'm going to tell you every time whether it was a win or a lose we are always told take a week off after the election and you know tuesday after after this, the, the, the election for the Congress and the Senate begins right now. And if you do not look at what's going on, whether it's a win or lose, you have to focus on if, if you're a political junkie, you need to start focusing on the next election. And it's like if you're upset about Trump, start looking at your congressman now and decide whether or not you're going to vote for them again yeah, or kick them out of office. Let's put the energy into that. That's good. And, you know, Eric still has the remnants, remnants of the... Uh, Pee Wee Herman for president bumper sticker. That it, that we had, we <laughs> had you, an agreement. You thought you scraped it all we off. We had <laughs> an agreement. But you know, I'm, I, I want to hit. I want to hit you guys. And this is a, this is a short list. It sounds like Trump now. I'm, 
I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to make a. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to make. I'm going to make the other podcasts make the podcast for us, and it's going to be great. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to read you off this Germany list. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read off this list, and I want you guys to tell me if I'm right or wrong. Here are my. I think these are the top eight reasons why Hillary lost, and this is a short list. You want to just round it up real quick? Yeah, I do. I, I want to get to the show. I, I, I think we pretty much came to the conclusion that there's not really much we can do or say about what the past election was. And, this is and the, just, then, then this is the last thing I'm going to say about this. All the people, okay. all the all the all the Bernie supporters who had the hashtag never Hillary or or all the people who you mean, said you sell out Bernie, you sell out Bernie. All the people said that they were going to stay home and they would never vote for all the diehard Bernie Sanders supporters. They did exactly what they promised. They stayed home right. or they voted for a third party or they voted for Trump. They would ra- they would rather eat crow for four years than give Hillary Clinton the win because of what happened during the primary mm-hmm. running right yeah, up I, to I the convention. That. That's it. That. And, yeah. it and it's yeah, over. I, I agree with that. Yeah. It's over. So. So there it is. There it lies. And I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Yeah. You know, and, and do, you know, try, try to look for signs of things that are, you know, like, like, you know, if you look back to like Ronald Reagan, well, I will not make age an issue of this campaign. I am not going to exploit for political purposes, my opponent's youth and inexperience. <laughs> I think it's a very similar situation. Ronald Reagan was an actor. Yeah. You know, and, and he was really never the president. He was the president in name. But who was who was pulling the strings? Who was who was the vice president? I'm gonna you tell the you wrinkled puppet. <laughs> I'm <laughs> gonna tell you it's not gonna the happen. The wrinkled skin puppet. <laughs> <laughs> Operation Panama Storm. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> well, so so we you know, for the for the for the listeners who don't know who the vice president under Reagan was, well, one of our one of our old buddies, George H. W. Bush, and he was, you know, he he's running the he was running the show. He was pulling Reagan's strings. Hey, Reagan was an actor. He was doing what he was told. And and I think yeah. I think we have a very similar situation right now. And I'm not sure about Pence. I think Pence has I've, got yeah. more more power. I think Pence than, has more political juice I, I than Trump. I think he's um, in tight with a cabal that's going to yeah. be. Telling Trump what to do, I think anyway. I'm gonna, my, I'm, my opinion, and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to plagiarize one of my favorite comedians besides George Carlin, Bill Hicks. This is what happens the day after inauguration. They call the newly elected president to, you know, to the wardroom or whatever, and says we have an emergency meeting. You got to make it downstairs. And they call the guy down, and then you see sitting at the end of the table is who's really in charge of the right, country. Right. Who's and, really, and then they put on the tape of the JFK assassination. And, and you're watching the tape of the JFK assassination, yeah. and then you should see all the photographs that they've been taking right. of their kids in private, mm-hmm. and you see you see all the dirty stuff that he thought that he got away with, and they and then after the slideshow, they they ask the newly elected president any questions. And the and the new president says, uh, oh, "What's my policy for the next four years?" <laughs> so, so you're thinking about uh, doing away with the central banks, Donald? You really mm-hmm. think you're think going again. to audit the Fed? Right. right. Think again. Think again. And you know, if he if he starts doing stuff like that, you know, I, I don't think he's long for this earth. No. Truthfully, uh, but who knows? We'll see. What I'll happens. make. I'm going to make a prediction. And the, the only thing that I'm disappointed that Hillary didn't win about, or one of the th- one of the big things anyway, is that yeah. she said. They they were really talking about UFO disclosure. 
Yeah. They really, we talked about that a while back. <laughs> that may have cost her <laughs> some votes. <laughs> no, maybe it did. I don't know. But anyway, you want to, you want to roll into the, to the lead up to the, to the fourth Reich? I think that what we wanted to do is, cause the thing is, it, uh, we really wanted to talk about in this show, how did the third Reich become the third Reich and who's to blame? How did, how did, what was the lead up to it? And, and what was Jim, the lead up? Jim, I, I know you, I know you have a lot of knowledge about history. I know you've been a student of history for a long time. You actually taught history, I think, at one time, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I did. Before so, we roll forward, we're yeah. skipping the news of the week this week, right? Um, I, I don't know. You have anything real quick you want to share? Have, or do anything? you have one one great story? <laughs> not not to put yeah. any pressure on you, Jim. <laughs> you know, you know what I'll do. I'll put these aside, and I'll just because they're pretty good. I'll save them for the next time, and I'll try to. But, and, Capsulate, and this should kind of roll into the Fourth Reich uh, show today. It seems, uh, um, as you well know, that uh, you know everything is controlled, um, including uh, this, you know suppression of UFO information. Um, it's it's say it. This one guy talked about his research, and he said that. Uh, he thinks the secrecy surrounding the, the UFO subject has been dictated by a small group of elite that sit at the top of the global financial system. Um, this is the same group that has heavy influence with the uh, military-industrial complex and black budget. And uh, he believes that they are responsible for what Eisenhower warned us about years ago. Yeah. About the acquisition of unwarranted influence by the military-industrial complex. So that being said, um, very briefly, <clears throat> what I came across, and I didn't realize that they've been suppressing for many, many years, the military, the fact that in every war, there have been lots of UFO encounters. In Vietnam, um, there was like uh, one of our patrol boats <clears throat> um, in the Mekong. Um, another boat witnessed the UFO hovering over the, the, their companion craft down the river, and the, uh, the boat was destroyed. In the Korean War, uh, a UFO showed up on the, over the battlefield, and the soldier was ordered to fire uh, armor-piercing bullets at it, and um, the craft uh, wobbled and then approached them and hit them with a ray, and they were sick ever afterwards. Their white blood cell count went up, and the uh, they just they lost their health for the rest of their life. They were, they had to go on disability, you know, after the war. So there are a number of um, uh, stories like that that have never been put out, but they're leaking out now because people, I guess, after many 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 decades, are starting to talk. And the one interesting thing I'll end with that just blew my mind. I never heard this before, but it's a it was a World War One. Pilot that flew with the Red Baron, and you know he followed orders like most Germans do, and he was ordered never to talk about what he witnessed. So, but he, at 105 years old, he said, "I don't think it's going to matter now. I don't have much longer to live." <laughs> so it was like, yeah. After 80 years had passed, he was flying with the Red Baron. He saw they they encountered a, a small spacecraft, and um, the Red Baron attacked it. Um. And the thing wobbled and it ended up crashing. And they watched the small pilots leave the craft and run into the woods. And um, 
it seems odd that a World War uh, One plane could take down a UFO, but um, Scott Waring, who's a UFO uh, hunter, and he, he operates a site called UFO Sightings Daily, he said that um, the two front machine guns could have damaged what they call the area antenna that they see on top of, of the center of some of these craft, and it could have caused it to lose control and, be, and, and forced it to land. And this is backed up by uh, Bob Lazar. He's the self-described nuclear engineer who worked at Area 51 and said they reverse engineered a right. lot of spacecraft right. that they caught. Right. And he, uh, this kind of go goes along with what, what he described on some of these crafts. So I just thought that was pretty amazing. I never heard that story before. And evidently there are other stories that the um, military on both sides have suppressed. I, I have one question. When they fired the armor-piercing bullet at the UFO from the U-boat, <laughs> could, could they hear the aliens laughing? <laughs> well, uh, I don't know if they laugh, but it, it caused the craft to wobble. It must have pissed them off because they uh, they came after them. Hey, you're gonna you, you, you're gonna wobble my craft? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Why do I talk to you guys? Because, anyway, because we enjoy you. Leads Jim. into the fourth right because I think <clears throat> the Rockefellers are integral in uh, um, this uh, global elite. That seems to control everything, and it goes way back. And oh, I yeah. Think, uh, oh, yeah. If you're going to talk not... about the fourth rate, you got to talk about them. Too. Oh, yeah. That's, I, I have two words for that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys killed me. Good one, Bob. So, yeah, that that does actually really um, segue into what we're going to talk about. It really, it, it um, honestly does, because it's all tied together. Everything's tied together. Um, yeah, really, in some sense. And so we've talked about that for years. That there's there's you know these connections between everything that nah, the powers to be don't really want us to make those connections. Because no, then it makes too no. much sense. You know, if it's all disjointed, then it's like, you know, people can say, oh, well, that's just conspiracy theory and stuff like yes. that. You know. Since you're talking about connections, just let me uh, blow my own horn for a minute. When when I saw the planes hit, the towers go down, like I was already running ahead of myself. I, I just, you know, subsequent to 9-11, you know, all the conspiracy fact finders came out of the woodwork. But I had already looked at it and said, holy shit, they, they took a page. Right out of the Nazi. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. The fire at the Reichstag. Now they burned, they yeah. burned the Reichstag right. down. Exactly. In Germany. Mm -hmm. And created a crisis, declared martial law, blamed it on, you know, the communists, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and, took over. Not just it's, any, it's, now hold on. It's I called, think, I think the 9 11, subsequently, we had like a quiet coup d'etat. They suspended the Constitution. They instituted the Patriarch, yeah. which was already mm -hmm. written before they had 9-11. And that we, wasn't the first time it happened. But now hold on a second, guys. I'm going to make something absolutely totally clear. They didn't just blame communists. They blamed Polish communists, which <laughs> was... No, I mean, you laugh, but the thing is, is that that was part... That was prelude to invading Poland. Because, yeah. I mean, I mean, they would, they would not have had the go-ahead from from the people they said what are you what are you talking about why are we invading poland what it was they were they blamed the polish communists or the, or a polish communist and that was it it was game over 
And it's and it, it parallels so much of why we in quote invaded Afghanistan. Yeah, the guy, the guy's mindset. name was Vanderlubin, and they ended up guillotining him. And you're right, Eric, except that they wanted the communists in general uh, you know, squashed in Germany, and then they they dressed up uh, you know their own soldiers and attacked the. Yeah, uh, their own radio station on the border, and that that was the uh, that was, an, that was yeah. the uh, yep. yeah, that was the thing to allow them to invade. Do, do you know? Do you know one of one of Hitler's first big um, assignments was was that he he infiltrated? Um, this is after World War One. Now he he infiltrated the German soldiers that were moving toward Bolshevism, and and he masqueraded as a as a as a Bolshevist. Yeah, Bolshevist. And when that group was was brought um, to scrutiny for that, he identified all the ones that were all the German soldiers that were talking this rhetoric toward Bolshevism, and they put them against the wall and, and killed them all. So he, he gained favor with the power to be by doing that. Did you know about that incident, Jim? Did you ever hear that? Uh vaguely yeah um, but that was I that was his, that they were rounded up and shot although a lot of people were well that was his that was his first big uh job that he had that he was given and he and he pulled it off with flying colors so so that really moved him up in the in the movement um, yeah, so, yeah. Let, so, let me say let me say that the other thing that's different going back to if i saw any similarities between the what's happening with Trump and Hitler. Mm -hmm. You know, another difference, huge difference is that you have to remember that whole generation around Hitler and Hitler himself was raised on war. So death and destruction was like commonplace to them. And I think that figured into their psyche. Well, they we don't had, have that here. And they had, you know, as, as I know from a German upbringing, my father was German and, um, a minor Fuhrer and, um, an underfuhrer, I guess. In your own house. Who is an overfuhrer in my house. Um, but, you know, the, the German mindset for, for parenting and child raising is is discipline. And, you know, that fit right into the whole yep. the whole game that was being run, you know. But I, I want to get back to some of the stuff that, that Daniel Sheehan talks about. And, Jim, I know you've done some uh, some some looking into him. And, and he, we talked about him pretty heavily last week. And we, and we led up to... Um, I guess how the how the um, for how the circumstances for for first the first world war were were created, and and how that actually was a setup for the second world war. Um, so just to backpedal a little bit, the 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 era between eighteen sixty eight and eighteen ninety eight was the era of of the robber barons where mm -hmm. where. Um, the democracy was really beginning to to be eroded by by and and the the policy of the United States government really became the policy of these Vanderbilts and Rockefellers you know the guy you guys you mentioned so that that now became so so the United States was now moving toward not being a republic anymore but actually being an empire that this was the period mm -hmm. of time in American history when a lot of people were able to quote make their fortunes unquote on the industrial revolution and right, if you were the right. first if you were in on the ground floor like the the founders of standard oil and the thing is is that here we have this goop that's coming up out of the ground 
and we have all of these waste byproducts. You know, what can we do with this this waste byproduct called gasoline? What can we do with this? Is that we were pulling oil out of the ground to make kerosene for home heating lights. And then you had, as these byproducts, you had diesel and you had kerosene and all of these other byproducts. And somebody had come up with a great idea. Instead of just pouring the stuff into the, in, into the groundwater or pouring it out in the middle of the, of the desert, I think, why don't we find a use for that? And that's a great idea. That is the, that's the American dream. But the in, entire notion of people became multimillionaires and billionaires by exploiting the workers. I know that I sound like a Mighty Python-like cartoon here. But the thing is that this was really sort of the beginning of so many other things that, that would like the rise of the, the labor movement and the rise of of um, empathy with the socialists, with people looking at how they're getting screwed by these robber barons, the, the fear of these other groups. This is when we started looking at this and started saying that how are we going to quell these labor mu- movements? Oh, I know we're going to like play the blame game. Well, it's, it's, it's all a setup. It's like, like what I was talking about with Trump. It was a setup. And we're always being set up. These people who, who really are the power brokers, they're, they're two or three steps or more ahead of everybody else. They're yeah. planning. They're probably now planning what um, 2040 or 20 is going to look like. You yeah. know, they're probably ahead of 2020 already. Um, and this, this, this didactic situation where you have the communist versus capitalist that was all set up that that wasn't that was, a, that was yeah. not by chance and, and that was really the that was really the background for world war ii uh bolshevism yeah. was was it was pushed on came in you know it was it was not an organic movement in russia it was it was set up by these uh wealthy people to 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 create a you know a dualism a didactic situation where one side was fighting against the other to to not see not you know to not see what was actually going on not and, see and not not get it not see keep making money. <laughs> what's that jim it allowed the military industrial complex to keep making money yeah it was it was the whole uh the whole di- idea of building an empire you know and that That's started right. way back you know that didn't start with with World War One or World War Two. It started way back before that. Even yeah. uh, who knows when it really started? I don't. I don't even know that. But um, yeah. so well, so, I think it so, goes way back. I mean, oh, oh, yeah. before even the Civil War. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, totally. Yeah, well, let me go back. Go back to the Revolution. Go even yeah. uh, Eric, let me piggyback on what you just said about the you know the industrial age and robber barons. You know, Teddy Roosevelt was a wild card. They made him vice president, and they figured they'd gotten rid of him because he was like so progressive. And uh, they gave him a know, nice, they gave him a nice little president. They gave him a nice little office to keep him occupied. Right, and he saw mm. exactly what you're talking about, Eric. And he started trust busting and going after yeah. for people and corruption. And he did a great job. It's too bad he couldn't have continued. So I'm actually surprised he didn't get assassinated. Truthfully, uh, yeah, no, I mean, mm. well, he did. They shot him in the chest, and he kept he. He, they subdued the, the the assassin. He finished his speech with a bullet in his chest. <laughs> the bully pulpit. <laughs> yeah. Well, but really. the, but but the thing is, is that it's like a lot of people seem to think that that big industry buying politicians is something that just recently started. No, you look. Yeah. You go back to this period. You look at the Rockefellers and 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 all of their ilk and all of their friends. No, they've been they've been doing this since before the turn of, of the past century. 
This is when, when, when big money started to get bigger and bigger and bigger. All the American new money was able to, all the, all the money that they were making off of railroads and oil and all like that, and it's like they saw people like Roosevelt coming in and, and doing all this trust busting. This is when they started, mark my words, this is when, they, when the big money started buying politicians. This is where it all started. All right, let me, let me segue into that. Remember 9-11, building number seven went down. Building number seven housed all the documents they were going to use to, you know, prosecute, maybe in absentia since he was probably dead, you know, going after the Bushes for their involvement in financing Hitler in the Second World War. You know, Prescott Bush, the grandfather of of George W. Bush, he was a he was a banking operative uh, and he was involved in the Nazi war machine from 26 to 42. And they have documents in the Library of Congress and in the National Archives they've uncovered that shows their his connection and the connection of others to Fritz Thyssen, the steel and coal baron, who personally funded Adolf Hitler. I mean, the, well, the, 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 these declassified records show that, you know, the Harrimans and George Herbert Walker, you know, Bush's uh, maternal great-grandfather, they continued their dealings with Nazi Germany uh, for nearly eight months after we entered the war with them. Let's talk. Let's talk about how that happened. How how it got to that point. Uh, what what happened after World War One with the treaty? When we I don't want to get too heavily into this because we talked about it last week. But what they did was they created a situation in Germany where Germany owed a whole ton of money for reparations from World War One. So they created this this situation of Bolshevism coming into Russia. And, and Germany being sort of the, the bulwark against that. And that created, a, that created the situation where there was that conflict, you know, that, that was really what started World War II. So, so what Hitler was, 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 the, was the front man for this financial group. Mm-hmm. And um, Herb, George Herbert Walker, who you mentioned, who, who was... George Herbert Walker Bush's, um, what, father-in-law, I guess? Yes. Yeah. Would have been his father-in-law, right? Yeah. Or no. No, no. He was, he was, uh, no, Prescott, Prescott Bush was George Herbert Walker, George H.W. Bush's grandfather. Fa- father or grandfather? No, father. I think grandfather father. because he no, was I, the yeah. great-grandfather to the last Bush president. Yeah, but I think he was George H.W. Bush's father. Actually, Prescott Bush. Either his father or his uncle, one of the two, I think. He was the, he was the next generation back. Um, so it's all tied into Brown Brothers Harriman. Um, they were the financial group that the, the Rockefellers, all, all of those big money guys. I'm going to correct and, and, you right now real quick. Sorry. Okay. Prescott Bush yeah. is George Herbert Walker Bush's father that's what i said okay okay just we have that straight right, right. um but harem the brown brothers harriman is a, is a financial group that is made up of all of these big money names rockefeller um i'm sure that probably the rothschilds were in there somewhere although they they kind of stuck to europe but they were all connected um so so what they did was they created this situation um at the at the end of world war war at, at the end of world war one to to put germany at a financial deficit and then they actually loaned them the money to, to get out of this hole that they were in. So there's a big conflict of interest right there. 
Um, but the representative for this group is, is, is a guy that we've talked about last week, Alan Dulles. And his name keeps appearing throughout American history up through a good part of the 20th century. Um, but, but what they really wanted to do was create a fascist state in Germany, which would begin to, to take over Europe. They really wanted a fascist state to control all of Europe. So, so they had Mussolini, and they had Franco in, in Spain. And the intent, their intention was to have Hitler take over all of, all of Europe, which, which was, was a pretty easy task with the war machine that was created. And therefore, they would have control over that whole market. That would, you know, he, he would be the... He would be the leader of that whole movement. And um, I don't think England was included in that because England uh, was sort of part of this whole group too, this, this financial uh, cabal that, that really was running everything. Um, how, however, Hitler got a little, uh, he, got, he got a little too big for his britches, I think, and he started to attack England. Um, they had, didn't, didn't Chamberlain had an appeasement? Yes. Uh, at some point before Peace World War time. II, right? Yeah, wasn't that, wasn't that in the late 30s, Jim? Where, yeah. where Chamberlain negotiated a... He got off the plane waving the document saying, I've secured peace in our time. Right, right. So he, he created kind of a pact with Hitler, right? A non-aggression pact or something? Yeah, a gentleman's agreement. Right, which wasn't not so much. Yeah, you know, Hitler was, wasn't... Wasn't even worth the paper it was printed on. No, no. So, so Hitler got, got a little out of control with, um, with attacking England. And, and then he also created another front attacking Russia, which, you know, sort of divided his army and probably was the beginning of the end of the, of the Third Reich. However, there was a huge faction in the United States that wanted Hitler to succeed. And that was the group that was headed up by Brown Brothers Harriman. Now, Prescott Bush at that point was, was the CEO of Brown Brothers Harriman. George Herbert Walker backed out of that and created his own um, little financial tentacle, which um, created a bank in the Netherlands that actually financed, it was kind of an offshore account sort of, sort of kind of, and it, it financed the Nazi war machine. So, so you have a group of people in the United States, as, as you said, Jim, right up to, what was it, 42 or thereabouts? Yeah, 42. That were still, still financing the Nazis, and, and, and the United States is fighting them. So conflict of that? interest, anybody? Yeah, how do you figure that? So that shows you right there. They have no nationalistic um, concerns. It's all about creating you know, more power and more money. The first president, Bush, uh, you know, the stepping stone to him heading the CIA really came from his family fortune that, that basically grew uh, under the Hitler project. And yeah, uh, yeah. they're powerful... Uh, you know, Anglo-American family associations also uh, boosted him into into becoming head of the CIA. Right. We're we're gonna um, we're gonna. I think I don't know if we'll get to it this week, but um, so so getting back to World War II, um, you know, here these guys are financing the Nazis because they want they want this Nazi state, and you have you know you have Mussolini in Italy, mm-hmm. who, who's kind of kind of a joker a little bit, you know, but, but he was creating the same kind of mindset there. Yeah. And, and what he did was he strong-armed the Pope at the time 
to to become a fascist supporter. I don't know how much he had yeah. to strong arm him to to allow him to keep power of the Vatican, the Vatican State, and that comes into play later on after after the war, where, where yeah. when all the Nazis were fleeing Germany. Um, I forget what his name was. Do you know his name? Pope, it was one of the Pope Pius. I think it was Pope Pius the Twelfth. Pope Pius the Twelfth. Very yeah. good, Eric. Yeah. Good one. Um, so, so they all they actually this Nazi state actually had the blessings of the Catholic Church. Well, not only that, because the thing is, is that deal. the Catholic Church was going to become, or they were promised. I'm not sure how mm-hmm. if they were planning on keeping this promise. The Catholic Church was, and this is not a bash against Catholics by any shape or way or form. But the thing is, is that Rome was. It's, it became its own sort of like state within a state within Italy. And they were promised that Catholicism was going to become, or their version of Catholicism, was going to become the national religion after the Nazis finished taking over all of Europe and the eastern part of the United States and parts of South America. Well, that, that would have been interesting to see how that played out because, you know, the, the Nazis were not... Um not big on religion. Well, well, it was not not on that type of religion anyway. No, but they the thing is, is mysticism behind you know the whole thing. Well, so it's it's the whole carrot and the stick. You know, you can you can either have us bulldoze over, um, uh, you know your uh, your all your chapels and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. we'll dispose the Pope, or you can just you know make it easier for us, save everybody a couple of uh, a couple of dollars in the end, right. and rebuilding cost, and just and, become. And they they gave they gave the Pope basically what he wanted. They gave him retaining power over sure. over the Vatican and the you know that whole area. Sure. Um so just stepping back a little bit and I know this is something you know quite a bit about Jim is is how Hitler actually rose to prominence. Um and you know whether or not there are any parallels to to what happened the other day or not we don't, we don't How did Hitler become know. Hitler? Yeah, how, how did, there 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 wasn't wasn't by happenstance. You know, he there was a series of steps that took place. Right. He became he he became the chosen, in, in some, you know, in some well, cases he he was the chosen one. Yeah, you know there the was a, there, there, a, there, there, there's you know there's an occult side to this which we won't get into, but he was groomed by the Tullist Society. Yeah, you can, as a you young can get man. In, I, you can get into that a little. Now's the look, time. Yeah, get into it a little bit. If you look at the Spear of Destiny, which is an excellent book. Ah, good one. Yeah, uh, yep, yep. Supposedly, uh, you know, <clears throat> he was opened up with a. Um, psychedelics as a young man he was groomed by the Tula society and supposedly according to trevor ravenscroft uh who wrote the book that um they feel that hitler was overtaken by uh, you know dark forces that spoke through him whenever he gave a speech Demonic and that, forces, uh, yeah. they were i think it was called the twin in his book he called them the twin resonators of evil and Ooh, um i like that yeah the twin resonators of evil um and um so that, there's a, there's definitely an occult side to his rise to power, um, th- then you have like the the you know the power brokers, the, the bankers that from America and over in Europe that that supported him because you can't you can't rise to power without money, and uh, they made a deal with the devil. I think they thought they could control Hitler. Uh, I think he 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 moved faster and got bigger than uh, than the, the, even they thought, and. Um, I think they were, you know, his minister of propaganda was like a genius. And you have a, an army of brown shirts that were raised in the trenches of the First World War. Violence was nothing to them. 
so he, you know, they, he set them loose in the streets, intimidating people, you know, beating up opponents. And, um, you know, he created such a crisis that uh, Hindenburg, who really wasn't fond of Hitler, President Hindenburg, eventually appointed him chancellor to keep the peace and to try to form a stable government. And then Hindenburg died and Hitler had his foot in the door. And of course, you know, the rest is history. They burned down the Reichstag. They arrested all the communists. Uh, you know, the Nazis took over uh, the, the, the reins of government. And um, by declaring mar martial law, you know, Hitler gave himself uh, total power and control. And then, then it was filtered out into, you know, all elements of their society, from, you know, the Hitler youth, you know, into the schools, um, and, and throughout the bureaucracy, it was a. It was if you study it, it's just a masterful, uh, you know, mechanism of rising to power. I mean, anybody that wants wants to rise to power today needs to look back at that and take take uh, take some pages out of that book. And I think, yeah, I think they do that now. You know, people might say no, that's ridiculous. But if you if you analyze it. You can see parallels. You absolutely can see parallels. Here's a parallel for you, and I think that it's uh, it's really important. Um, the night, night of the Long Knives, whereas the brown shirts went crazy and uh, um, vandalized all of these um, um, Jewish-owned businesses. That was Kristallnacht. 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 The Long Knives is when he... He killed Ernst Rom and okay. any, uh, the, the entire leadership of the brown shirts because he felt threatened by them. So okay. he assassinated all of them. And at the same time, any political opponents that had spoken against him, he had them murdered too. You know, it's an, you know, it's an interesting sideline on that is that Crystal Knocked was November 9th. Um, uh, you just stole the, my thunder. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I was okay. just about to say that before you guys interrupt. God dang well, it! Do you, you have the other dates for November 9th? What happened on that? I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's coincidence. No, there there was the um, that was the that was the date that Germany surrendered after World War One. <laughs> it was Crystal Knock. Um, it was the date that the assassination on attempt on Hitler happened, um, and there was one other one too, which. You may know, Jim. I don't know, but anyway, I don't. I don't think that's coincidence. Keep those figures in my head. <laughs> I do. <laughs> There's a quote from from a funny movie that we saw, um, but that kind of presents itself too. If if you look at the mystical qualities behind this whole movement, the mysticism behind this whole movement, that numerology is a very important part of that whole thing. Yeah. Um, you know, which is why 9-11, the date for 9-11 is, is not a coincidence either. There's there's a whole numerology thing behind that. But that's another whole, that's a whole show in itself. But I just think it's interesting that there's this whole undercurrent of things that happened to, to create Hitler's rise to power that a lot of people don't know about or have no knowledge about, you know. Right. An another thing is getting back to when, when, when Hitler was in the hospital, and you touched on this, Jim. He he was he, he got hit by mustard gas or something, so he was temporarily blinded, and they put him in a hospital. And apparently, they were giving him hallucinogenic drugs, painkillers. So, that well, had, it was had, a little bit more than painkillers. They did that had hallucinative, hallucinogen right. effects. I don't know exactly what they were, but but he was having these visions as a result of these drugs, and he he came to see that as a a prophetic prophecy that he was you know he was viewing, but he was also being mind controlled by that whole process. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's... You know? 
and and as a result of that, he was he was really um, drug addicted for for the for his entire life. He he was yeah. he was taking drugs for Who, all Adolf? kinds of different. Adolf. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was being shot just just you know just right along for with painkillers and, and all kinds Main, of stuff. Yeah. Who know who knows the, the what original was, midnight toker? Who knows what kind of cocktail he was getting? Yeah. Um, which I think to some degree was to keep him under control because I, I I do think he was a psychopath and you know in a lot of in a lot of ways. But, yeah. Um, but he wasn't all bad. You know, he he was kind to small children. And, the and, right and, children. And he liked dogs. The right so, kind of children. So and let's not paint him as a complete. Um, and he was completely. Faithful, and he was faithful. He was a faithful boyfriend and uh, and husband uh, too. That's uh, I think that's an important thing to well, remember. But. His but, girl, you know, I think his girlfriend was his niece. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, you know, that's a that's a wash. <laughs> what drove him was he felt he was divinely ordained. Yeah, and, and and you can't totally argue with that because he was a trench runner in the First World War for four years. I mean, the life expectancy of a, sp- a trench runner was like what, like n- nothing, a right. week, right. <laughs> maybe. He, he, he one or, one or two trips usually. Twice for bravery, so. You know, to live through the First World War for four whole years and come out unscathed except for that gas attack, yeah. that's, pretty, that, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, well, he, he kind of think he had some kind of some kind of psychic protection or something. There, you know, somewhere out there, there is a psychiatrist or psychologist who did a background research into what made Adolf Hitler Adolf Hitler. And I kid you not, it sounds funny right now. But apparently there's a story about how Adolf and his friends were were messing around with a goat and <laughs> and Walt is like no no don't, no don't go there that's it and anyway he he had he had seemed to have some kind of a sexual issue Freud would have had a field day with <laughs> we'll, him we'll, and, we'll, we'll leave it at that I I want to get to the second part of this whole thing um now, now this fascist state was set up to, to, to essentially control Europe and and as a kind of a, a piece to the whole the whole world economic control of, yeah. the, of this financial cabal. However, you know these, these these people don't always have complete control over things. As, no, as you may no. think, they, they they have a pretty good handle on stuff, and they mostly get stuff to go their way. But but it doesn't always happen the way they want it to. So so they had a big ringer happen. They had Roosevelt got elected because of, because a lot because a lot of the reason why he got elected I think was because of the severe financial situation the crash and, of the economy right, and the, the depression and all that stuff so so that kind of opened the door for him. However, what what that did was it it put a it put a um, a clinker into this plan by this financial cabal because he did not want to get involved. In, in the Second World War. Um, and and he, he sort of wanted to um, shortchange this. I, I don't know whether he had knowledge of this financial group. I, I, it seems well, unlikely I, that he wouldn't. There, there's, there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there who say that Roosevelt was all, it was all part of the plan until he and Churchill had said, hey, do you know what this guy is actually doing here in Germany? we got to put a stop to this because... Well, there's, there's another layer to it, though, Eric, which is what I'm getting to. Go not for to, it. Not to interrupt you, but... Um, so, Roosevelt did not want to get into to, to World War II. He didn't want to get involved in it. Um, but what, what happened was J- Japan was jumping up in, in the Pacific, 
yeah. and, and really taking over a lot of territory. Um, Viciously. Yeah, and, and they really. They were vicious and I mean, brutal. And, and this financial concern saw that as a big market, which it was, and, and they wanted to try to stop Japan. Mm-hmm. So they, they strong-armed um, Roosevelt in, into getting into World War II in, in the Pacific. Yeah. Okay, do you know anything about this, Jim, or? Go, go ahead. Okay, so um, what they did was, or what Roosevelt did was, is he put the entire Pacific fleet in Pearl Harbor, right? As a, yeah. As a, as a sort of... Um, a show of force. No, no. No? No, not a show of force. As a, as a kind of a way to, to lure Japan into attacking us. He put he put all of that oh, firepower in one place to get Japan to to attack us. It was set, it was a setup. Now the way but I he, remember, but what he did. Okay, now, now this, this is go from ahead. Sheehan, so Sheehan okay. knows has inside knowledge on this stuff. So what Roosevelt did was two nights before Pearl Harbor, he knew it was happening. He knew it was happening. He he pulled out all of the important pieces. He pulled out all the aircraft carriers. Oh, okay, good, good. And, You're good and for that. he left the the sort of battleships and things like that that were obsolete in Pearl Harbor to be part of the you know the attack so that those things would get taken out and it would fire up the American people by saying oh my god these you know the Japs attacked us so so we have to get into the war and fight them and I think your father was probably one of those guys wasn't he Jim that ran ran down and enlisted in the he Marines saw, he, yeah he was a Marine in the South Pacific in fact in in the few, in the, I'd say the decade before he passed, we used to talk a lot. And he said, if, "If I knew then what I know now, I never would have gone to war." Exactly, mm-hmm. and that and that was the mindset that the American people had. They they were like all gun ho, like okay, we got we got to defeat these Japanese, you know, these these people that attacked us. Um, in reality, Roosevelt set that whole thing up. Oh, because so, we- so he sacrificed hundreds of of American lives to 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 get the you know to get the Americans into the war, because- and then. As a connection to that, we, we never actually declared war on Germany. No. Uh, we, we declared war on Japan. And then they declared war well, on because, us. Well, because because Germany, Germany and Japan were allies. So there you go. So all Hitler, the, all Hitler the, was so taken by the Pearl Harbor attack that without thinking he declared war on us, which was a big mistake. Right. So what that did was it got us into the it got us into the war in Europe as well. Exactly. Know, in, inadvertently, maybe. Well, we're. we're not there's there's the entire notion Mm -hmm. as well is that we were doing everything that we could behind closed doors backroom deals to help churchill with the lend lease programs to at least to keep hit um keep uh keep england above their head above water if we had not helped helped england um nazi germany would have just rolled right over right over England and the British Isles and Scotland and and, right. and it would have been it, I think it really would have been all over for for was, the, for the, was, for the western hemisphere they were, they were firebombing they were constantly bombing England and, and yeah. that was where Hitler went over the line I think I think that was the that was, that was the beginning of his downfall but but had Roosevelt been backing up to Roosevelt hadn't he not been elected and um, I think it was Hoover that was Hoover was the president before he yeah before Roosevelt took over um, you know, it would have been a whole different ballgame. Uh, Hoover, Hoover was a Republican, and 
it would have he would have played right into the interest of that financial cabal. So, um, so Roosevelt was kind of st sticking his thumb in the whole pie, and and what happened was there was actually a coup, and, and nobody ever this is never taught or anything in American history. You never hear this in high school or college or anything, but there was actually a coup that was set up by this financial concern uh, to try to get Roosevelt out of power. Oh yeah, and and there was a there was a Marine general um named smedley do you, do you know smedley whiplash <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no. no that could have been his name i guess it was smedley <laughs> i think it was cooper or something like that i, I don't it's know his name. with you eric that's why we all get along <laughs> yeah, yeah er, eric's uh he's he's the the guy that always comes up with those kinds of things um hey i, I want to so, so anyway this this coup was set up to well, uh, what i want to do is you finished talking about the coup here. We have got to take a short break, play a commercial or two, and then we need to get into um, the background. Like, who was financing the Nazis? As always, we are looking for things to promote and share on the Metaphysical Connection podcast. If you have something that you would like us to discuss on the show, you can send us your copy to my email address, info at thefedorachronicles.com. We will help you to promote your events, goods and services, and media that you created like documentaries, books, and even other podcasts that would be interesting to our audience. Once again, drop me a line at info at thefedorachronicles.com. You can find out more about us by going to metaphysicalpodcast.com where you can find links to our Facebook page and Twitter handle with more social media to come in the next few weeks. Support the show by going to Zazzle.com slash Chronicles. For Metaphysical Connection products and items from our other media on the Fedora Chronicles network. Um, how the financial... Um... Well, the entire notion of the Nazi finances... Mm -hmm. Which is, I think, is the most underplayed, most underreported, most under-talked about aspects of World War II. Because you had several things going on at the same time. You had the Nazis raiding banks and treasuries all over Europe um, to finance what? And we're talking about, we're talking... That's their next stage. Well, and here's the thing. <clears throat> and the thing is, is that they were, get, they were getting illegal money from corporations elsewhere around the world. They were able to fuel their war machine by seizing oil fields, or at least their attempt to seize oil fields in Romania. And, the th and all the while, they are financing science pro projects that were 50 or 100 years ahead of their time. Mm. Mm -hmm. And they had mass storages of weapons that were just beyond the pale. I mean, horrible nightmare nightmare weapons. They called them wonder weapons, you know. Uh, but the thing is, is that they had stockpiles of, of, of nerve gas. They had stockpiles of um, so all sorts of factory-made plagues. They had... Um, they were making rockets by the, by the dozens every day. And the, and the thing is, is that... Why didn't they use all of this stuff? If, if the Nazi Germany actually used the nerve gas in the rockets against um, England, especially around London, 
they would have easily have won the war. Yeah. The question is, yeah. why didn't they use those wonder weapons? The, the Germans had Taben, T-A-B-U-N. Yes. Taben, yeah. Nerzegast, like huge stockpiles. But what I came uh, across was that Hitler was hesitant to use it because he he, he experienced of what his, he experienced in the First World War, and he was concerned about the retaliation. Hmm. Yeah, it, uh, you do have to. Uh, well, I, I think the rockets they had had not quite developed the the full. They, power they had the, of the V. Rockets. They had the V one and the V twos, and they yeah, could, but, but they weren't quite. Um, they weren't perfected. No, they uh, weren't quite perfected. Their guidance systems weren't perfected. Right. No, that, that they, happened they, later. Yeah, no, they, that's so, true. Towards right? the end yeah. of the world, between forty four and forty five, they were they were getting pretty accurate. They were, but they weren't quite there yet. They had the, I've read that had they really completely got that. Fine tuned. They, yeah. they they would have been lights out. The trouble is, we we rolled <clears throat> over their sights. We got you know they they needed a few more months, and it could have it could have been a game changer. Now and also according to some of the speculation from Jim Mars's book, that they had actually developed some very low level atomic weapons that they had used in some areas around, I don't know Czechoslovakia. I might be wrong. Bosnia Herzegovina, which is now called. Bosnia Herzegovina. There's a lot of mm -hmm. a Eastern, lot of Eastern European. There are a lot of strange lights in, <clears throat> um, in the sky, and a lot of people suffering from very bizarre um, sicknesses that that they didn't understand at the time. But today, reads, hey, it sounds like radiation poisoning. Yeah, you're right on there, Eric. That's true. That's so, true. so, so anyway, getting back to the financial part of it, which is which is really the the driving force behind this whole, really between behind all wars really it's really all finances right it's, it's really the only people that ever win a war are the the people who finance it you know the, the people, <laughs> the who, people who make the bombs the people right. who make well, the yeah, bombs it's true of every war when you think can the it. beans and um, build the bullets so the so so brown brothers harriman got involved with this with this whole fascist takeover of europe and um the representative for brown brothers harriman is um, Dulles is Alan Dulles? He's he's the yeah. he's the legal and brother, representative and his brother and his brother right? his brother John, had some, the, his the, brother the Dulles brother yeah the Dulles brothers had yeah. a lot to do with pre Nazi Germany or pre World mm -hmm. War Germany mm -hmm. right so so you think about how all of these families that are you know considered elite families in the United States blue blood type families are, are financing Hitler's you know Hitler's fascist Hitler's machine, right? Because they don't really care about anything other than power and money. That's the only thing they have power no and real, money, money real, and power. No, no real nationalistic interests. You know, it doesn't really matter. Uh, nationalism doesn't really enter into their equation. I don't think they'll use it to their advantage, though. Right. right. So, so once once the United States got into World War II, it was kind of you know it was, a, it was a tough struggle, but. Um, we, you know the the Allied forces over overcame fascism and and sort of eventually defeated Hitler in Germany. It wasn't an easy road to hoe, but we defeated we Hitler. <clears throat> we defeated Hitler. We defeated Germany. But who did we not defeat? We did not defeat the Nazis. All right. Do we want to right. talk about what happened to the Nazis at the end of World War II, or is that well? I, I guess that's the next. Seems like the next logical place to go, isn't it? I mean, we've kind of made the point that this whole you know, world disaster called World War Two was financed by these by these this financial cabal that sort of seems to have their hands in everything. 
Um, yeah. So, so you know, Germany surrenders. Um, Germany surrenders. Germany surrenders, right? Not the Nazis. So, what happens as a result of that? Now, now we're going to start to get into the the Fourth Reich, which which is really a right. book that Jim Mars wrote, and also Jim, you you read another book um, that we have not really talked too much about, but it's by Peter Lavenda. You read that book, right? Uh, the well, not, Nazi, Nazi, in uh, Nazis in dystopia, or I, 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 I don't recall. I think I sent it to you. Um, yeah, he's he's been on coast to coast a couple of times. He's he's a good writer, but he talks a lot about uh, post World War II Nazi Nazis. What happened to them? So so when these upper level SS guys who were the guys that were really kind of running the show for the, for, right. for the Nazi war machine, um, got wind of the fact that, you know, it wasn't looking good for the, for the Third Reich. They started making plans to post-war plans. So, so what they did was a lot of them, they, they gathered up all the, all the funds that they've accumulated by raiding the treasuries. Rape of Europa, of, as it were. Of, yeah, of the different countries they've conquered and stuff like that. And they got all that money together and shipped it down to Argentina. Don't cry for me, Argentina. Yeah. Well, that's, Why that is that song so important? Eva yeah, Perón. There you go. Look at the Perones. Well, they, they, they kept these guys undercover. You know, they, they, yep. they kind of masqueraded as a, as a political administration that kind of kept these, these guys underground, sort of. Um, because so, Argent- so a lot of these big, yeah. big player Nazis got out of Germany. Well, well, how did they get out without getting captured? Anybody have a guess on that? Oh, 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 Mr. Schnabel, Mr. Schnabel, Mr. Schnabel. Eric, Um, you must have the answer. There was a rat line. (laughs) The Vatican issued passports to Nazis fleeing Europe. They did. To go anywhere and everywhere all over the world. They were, they went, uh, they sure as hell did not go into Russia willingly. (laughs) No. But you had a lot of them who had fled to South America. Mexico, uh, Scotland, of all places, and um, some of them fled to fascist Spain. Not a lot, but a lot of them. Mm -hmm. By the way, we have totally glossed over the Spanish Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a whole part of the whole um, thought pattern of uh, Europe becoming fascist. It was 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 the prototype test bed for for the Nazis. Yeah. Well, fascism was another tentacle of the big fascist The fascism. So, so these guys take off their SS uniforms and get a nice, nice suit, nice passport. Uh, probably from, from probably from a Jewish tailor, I would imagine. Bastards. And, uh, <laughs> no, I mean the thing is, <laughs> that was is a that, joke. No, I mean the, the thing is, is that I mean a lot of what they got away with. I mean the Nazis are true, true, genuine, thieving, lying, scheming bastards. Who, one of the reasons why that they were so successful was because of slave labor. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's a special rotten place in hell for the people like that who, you know, well, you, you have to you have to hope you have to hope yeah. that there's some kind of karma attached to what right. you, know, you would think. That. So they so they fled. <clears throat> they fled Nazi Germany and they set up shop in other parts of the world. Right now, who, they didn't all go to Argentina. No, a lot of them came over to the United States. And who brought I them think, over? I think Walt? it was in the area of uh, 10,000. There was a lot. There was a lot. I know. I know. Uh, from a personal, a personal scenario that my father um, had uh, Nazi 
or, or German prisoners anyway during the war because he spoke German. Yeah. He, he was he was born in the United States, but he, he was raised speaking German. So it was logical for him to have German prisoners because he could communicate with yeah. them well. And, and uh, one, one of the prisoners uh, asked him after the war to sponsor him, and that was part of, they had to get a sponsor, an yeah. American sponsor to come yeah. over. And I think this guy might have been SS, but I'm not sure. Anyway, he made friends with my father, and my father never did any. My father always kind of regretted that he didn't do it, but maybe it was a good thing. I don't know. And anyway, that's a little sidelight. But um, so, they, so they, had, go they ahead, had signs at the Vatican, avoid the long lines, come in the back door. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, so a lot of these war criminals, I guess you could say, pretty, oh, pretty, oh, pretty oh, clearly. No. Yeah. Um, you know, got out of Germany while the getting was good. Before, Unindicted before the, war criminals. Before, before the last shoe came down. And, um, you know, set up shop in, in other places. And, and there's a couple there's a couple different terms for that. There's, there's one called Operation Paperclip. Before that which, was Operation Overcast. Right, that's another one. There were two, that two was the first pretty one. big ones. And that they, and the they had two one. different intents, really. They really, yeah, they did. The, the uh, Operation Overcast was, was really kind of headed up by the, um, a guy that was high up in the, in the Nazi intelligence. Yeah. Uh, his name was Vern uh, Reinhardt Galen. Mm-hmm. I think he was, he was probably head of the Nazi intelligence on the Eastern Front or something. So he surrendered to the, to the Allies. With with the deal that when the war was over, um, and he probably gave them a whole bunch of information on on the on the Soviets and stuff. Like where some of the had. Nazis buried the gold. Yeah, who knows? I don't know what he had, but he had some good stuff probably. Yeah. But he the deal he got was that he would become the the uh, director of uh, intelligence in in Europe for the yep. for the Allies yep. after the war. So he got a, he got a sweetheart deal. And uh, that was that was how Operation Over Overcast kind of kind of took place. He was kind of the head of that whole thing, and and they put out a lot of Nazi spies into yeah. into the Soviet Union because they had a lot of tentacles, uh, yeah. you know, from the war. Same thing in the United States, you know. So who knows how many Nazi agents came over here? As who knows what? Because the know? thing is, is that towards the end of the war. Churchill, Stalin, and Truman got together. Was it in Potsdam? I don't know if it was Potsdam or not. Do you know that one, Jim? I don't know that one. What, what, what are you saying, Eric? We're talking about the thing is, is that um, Churchill, Stalin, and yeah, the Potsdam, Potsdam conference. Because the thing is, is that they were getting they were getting ready to divide up Germany after. Because the thing is, is that how, how many world wars, how many conflicts? were started by by the Germans. And they said, we're going to break Germany to such an extent they'll never be able to wage war like this again. That was when East yeah. and West Germany was created? That's when we, they, they had plans. So the thing is that towards the end of the war, there was a big, huge race to get to all of these locations and gather up intel and material before the Russians took over these regions. Yeah, right. now, there's, a right. funny, there's a funny story there that uh, uh, it was... <laughs> Um, Roosevelt and uh, Stalin were pulling Churchill's leg. They were like they they pretended to be discussing eliminating the executing an entire German high command so that Germany could never rise again. And uh, Churchill wasn't happy about it. It, it but they were just joking with him. But that was kind of like some of the stuff that went on uh, during those type of conferences. 
Yeah, they 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 had a lot of decisions to make about this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, they did. Um, so that was the beginning of the Cold War, though. When yeah, we started it really was. It and and uh, Reinhard Galen was actually in charge of of um, counterintelligence for for West Germany. That's yeah. that's the position that he got with his his little deal that he made. Yeah. Um, but but a lot of the money that, that that the Nazis accumulated went into Argentina, and and what they did with that money is they created um, large corporations around the world, yeah. Which, which now becomes and, and and hearkening back to our definition of fascism, fascism that we that we sort of talked about last week. Um, the definition of fascism is really what it's really the merging of it's corporatism a, and and the state. It's it's when the corporations take over the government and the government takes over industry and they work hand in hand to keep everyday average Joes suppressed in their place. Un, right. in, you know. Now in Germany, the fascism was the was the state taking over the corporations. Now that's now that's, it's reversed. That's national. Right. That's considered national socialism. Right, which is where Nazi party came from actually yeah you know hitler was a national socialist that's where the, that's where nazi comes from right um using the german terminology for that uh but in the united states the the fascism is is which i think is developing is is in or has developed already is is in the form of uh the corporations taking over the state so it's kind of reverse but it all yeah. comes down to the same corporate thing. fascism yeah it really all comes down to the same thing Corp yeah, yeah. You know, uh, same thing a lot of the uh escaping Nazis uh, went through the Alps into Italy and they were received with open arms. Uh, evidently a lot of the provincial leaders along in those border towns uh, had collected uh, a huge amount of uh, blank ID forms over the years in anticipation of the war winding down and uh, they were Nazi sympathizers and they you know they were part of that rat line that helped them and the church you know, as you said, was integral in, in getting them passports and helping them get out. And their viewpoint really was that the lower level Nazis really weren't guilty of anything much. It was the higher up to, that, that, that were guilty of war crimes. And they were worried about communism and, and a rising, what they considered yeah. to be a rising paganism. And, and they didn't really question very much their, uh, you know, come to God uh suddenness of these escaping nazis saying that the, they had an, a newfound catholic zeal and they were going to like uh you know support the church and spread the word uh that was that was part of their rationale for justifying what they did and helping them they 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 believed in a denazification through baptism you know that that was kind of marginal but that that was one of their rationales so yeah. So this so, working there. So so no no uh, atheists in the foxhole, huh? No. Yeah. <laughs> right. So 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 this, so this is really the 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 beginning of the the Fourth Reich, which I think is is now really uh, a very integral part of of we're enjoying of, of that world now. politics. Yeah, we're we're enjoying it in quotes. Yeah. Um, Obviously, spoken with full and total utter sarcasm. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, so this Nazi booty or, or catch of, of of treasure, um, you know, pillaged from from their decimation of Europe, is is now the financial structure for these corporations that are beginning to form around the world. So, so they really are waging war financially as opposed to militarily. It's yeah. really the same thing, and it's really moving. I think. They're they're the 
moving toward a, 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 the new world order, which we hear over and over again. Right. But, but this is a financial thing. It's not a, yep. um, you know, and, and I think Orwell had it had it spot on he you know when he when he created 1984 somehow he had he knew he had insight into what was going on you know he the the three powers in 1984 were were really corporations they were corporate powers yeah three and and there was a perpetual state of war that the two two make believe war well make believe war right it was all trumped up yeah pun intended pun intended intended. Um, two 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 of the powers would form an alliance against the other one and they would beat them and then then they would form an alliance with the other one and it just kept circling around you know it was just just an ongoing conflict which is really what we have it's exactly what we have going on it just keeps going around and around now another another sidebar to this which i think is kind of interesting which is kind of leading us up to the present day is that Japanese, and Jim, you may know something about this, I don't know. The Japanese did the same thing. You know, when they, when they danced through, um, through Asia, they, they accumulated a lot of, a lot of treasure as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, oh, Yamash- Yamashita's gold in the Philippines. Oh yeah, you got it, Jim. You know, you know exactly. He stripped Asia of gold and- And jewels and He had, and he had uh, his engineers built caches you know, underground in the Philippines, in the Philippines, right. uh, and then uh, whoever was involved in you know digging the hiding places were killed and and left there. Right. He he he. he in fact, uh, Ferdinand Marcos, they they got Yamashita's personal driver and they ah, tortured yeah. him. Yeah, you know this. So he gave up the secrets of some of these stashes, and uh, Marcos Ferdinand uh, Ferdinand Marcos uh, financed his uh, dictatorship. With some of those gold caches, I don't know that they've all all ever been discovered or not. I, I'm not sure that they have no. either. They um, they did uh, just to put a fine point on that. They they did discover twelve of them, and you're exactly right. They they got wind of this, and they got his driver, and they tortured him to 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 get give up some of the locations anyway. And you're right; they may not have found all of them, but in each location, there are twelve of them now. There was a hundred billion dollars. Uh, so yeah. you do the math on that. So that's in the trillions now. So what happened to that money? Did that money yeah. get turned? Did that money get turned over to the U.S. government? Uh, that's good. Me. We'll never know where. Oh it all went. yes, we will, Jim. Which aspect? Of I have some camera. info on that. And, what, <laughs> and meanwhile, wait, wait, wait a second. Tell, okay, uh, let me finish now. Uh, tell us, Walt. Oh, I, oh, I will. I will gladly tell you. <laughs> Guess who got a hold of that? I can't imagine. Is this somebody? Is Do you somebody? think it might be a representative of Brown Brothers Harriman? No. Do you think that might be? No. You, and if no, you thought that, that's you would, a coincidence. You thought that you would be exactly right. And his name was Anderson. He was one of the main partners of Brown Brother Harrison. <laughs> and guess what he did with it? Did he donate it to the American government? No. He gave it all the Red Cross and, he created, and orphans and oh, and no, puppies and oh no he didn't and Eric. pony farms. No, and, he didn't, Eric. You're no. wrong about that. It was not quite that altruistic. What? He created a trust that is called the Anderson Trust. I've heard of that. Have you? And you know what that trust does? You're going to tell us. That trust was the beginning of the creation of the CIA. Now, that oh. reminds me because... And and that money yeah. is now used, still being used. Now, the CIA is, is the upfront part of the CIA. Yes. It's financed by the government. However, the CIA is charged with doing some nefarious deeds around the world, yeah, which, yeah. which are not supposed to be 
um, under the auspices of, of the government because then you know people would be able to pin stuff on other people. Yeah. So what that money is used for is now used for black ops projects, you know, creating yeah. Yeah. dictatorships, and and it has been since um, since it was discovered. That, that was like 1947, I think. This this yeah. was when Truman, after after Roosevelt died. And who knows why Roosevelt died? We're not quite sure about that. I mean, he was, he, he was in bad health. We do know that. So, right. So there's a chance that it was natural causes, but you know, who knows? Yep. So anyway, that's where that money is. Um, so getting back to the to the creation of the CIA. Yep. Who was the first director of the CIA, Eric? You know, thank God we're done talking about Alan Dulles because, boy, <laughs> ooh, this guy is like been all over. Thank God we're done with him. Let's move on. So, so isn't that curious that that the, these guys keep keep surfacing? These names keep this same guy, names keep surfacing. This guy, Alan Dulles, is like if you were if you were to think of like a Bond villain who is working behind the scenes of like let's say Spectre or something like that. Mm-hmm. You would almost wonder is like is Alan Dulles the 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 uh, the prototype for um, Blofeld? You got to wonder. You got to yeah, wonder about yeah. that. really, really because I mean, that's a good is, point. It really, who was this guy? Is, this is this guy is like evil incarnate. He's the evil yeah. version of Forrest yeah, Gump. Right. He's the evil because Forrest Gump He's is like, like the Dick Cheney of the early. Uh, yeah, because every time you turn around, in, in, every point in history, there's there's Forrest back in the background. No, no, that's Alan Dulles. Alan, every time you turn around, if there's an important major uh, news item going on, Alan Dulles is somewhere behind the scenes, starting from the 1930s, leading all the way up to the 1960s and beyond. There you go, and and he comes in. He'll come into next week's discussion about why JFK was killed. Yeah. We're, we're going to we're, make, we're gonna get I make to that. a point here? Go ahead, Jim. Oh, I hope so. And the point I want to make is that if we're talking about a fourth Reich, it's not just in the U.S. I think the new fourth Reich has a, a worldwide web. And I think some of the theories that were prominent in the third Reich, you know, the racial theories that led to camps like Auschwitz, you know, if you go back to, uh, you know, the Bushes and the Rockefellers and, and, and Dulles and, and, and the Brown brothers, Harriman, you know, uh, Skull and Bones, the Order of the Skull and Bones figure into that. They had oh, these, a like, lot uh, of those guys were in that. Who was also yeah, a member mental, of Skull Mental and Bones. hygiene societies, uh, eugenics, maybe they were all into racial theories. So the original uh, plan. Let me parable. roll forward to this article that I didn't I didn't bring forward this week, but there was a, a doctor in Kenya, and he was fearful that the UN was promoting mass sterilization with this new vaccine that they were trying to uh, pass off. And evidently the, the, uh, the vaccine was laced with HCG or anti-human, uh, yeah, an anti-human, I can't pronounce it, uh, hormone that causes sterilization with one shot. You know, they were, they were sterilizing animals with it. Anyway, long story short, you know, somewhere in here there's a thread that hasn't gone away from from back then, from the 20s and 30s. And I think it's been – if there is a fourth right, you know, I think that's certainly part of it. It may be disguised, but it's there nonetheless. And, and you know, the big – one of the big corporations, IG Farben, 
is, yeah. is on the world scene with, with all kinds of chemical companies and things like that. And they're, and they're probably all tied together somehow. I mean, Monsanto and, and all those big, big, big companies. Um, so anyway, getting back to the formation of the Fourth Reich, which which I think we all seem to concur with, is, it's is here probably it's the real. driving force it's here and it's real. behind the financial cabal that really really runs the world. I mean, the, the, the things that we see are all just permutations of that. Um, it's it's like a shadow play almost. It's 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 what you see, but it's not really what's real. It's just you know? exactly like Plato's analogy of the cave. Yeah, exactly. Where you exactly. have these you have these prisoners who are stuck in a cave and they're watching shadows on the wall. Mm-hmm. Two of the prisoners escape and they go out and they see what's making the shadows, what's creating the shadows that they see on the wall. Right. And it's far more elaborate and far more complex. And when the prisoners go back to tell the people, when they try and break the other people out and say, this is what's really going on, they, they, they're in denial. Mm-hmm. And they say, no, no, what we see on the wall, the shadows is reality. Right. What you're talking about is fiction. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that you look at so many aspects of, of entertainment and media People go crazy over news of the Kardashians. People lose their minds over... Well, it's all just distractions. It's, it's, it's all it distractions. Has, it has no real import at all. It's just it's it's what people are made to think is important. And it's not. It's just nonsense, really. So that's um, a pretty good analogy, Eric. Very good. Yeah, it, it is. It is. So getting back to the to the Fourth Reich again, if, if you think about... Um, I'm going to ask you guys this, and maybe you know this. What does Reich mean with with a capital r it means empire yeah. right. so so if you think about the united states we, we don't have a, we really don't have a republic anymore no. no that word never gets used anymore we have an empire and that began really back in that robber baron era where we started to branch out and we we took over the philippines and we took yeah. over cuba and we took over all of these places to 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 essentially either get natural resources or market our goods to you know, so that's where the empire really started. Yeah. And do you know what Reich with with a small r means? Anybody? Rule? No, close though. Rich. Rich. In yes. German, in German, it means rich. Yes. So rich empire. Mm, uh, yeah. Two together. That's exactly you, what, what's what, going what, on. What do you get? Yeah. You know? uh, another cool thing, which is another kind of thread, is is the swastika. Um, how how did that? Why did that get used by by the Third Reich? There are so many good <clears throat> theories about what Jim. Do you have what's your what's your? Uh, I've read a lot of stuff about that. that. Uh, it's a primordial sun symbol. It's very old. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Hitler adopted it and he reversed it. So it's um, it's a honking cruise, crooked cross. Yeah. So there are a lot of associations tied to it. it. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to go all the way back to the um, to the creator gods. That the Anunnaki. I knew it. I knew. I I was waiting, Jim. Jim, we had to wait an hour and forty-one minutes to get the Anunnaki. Have to wait long for 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 Walt to bring up the Anunnaki. So so why I do this is is because uh, that symbol is, is supposed to be an Anunnaki symbol that um, goes back at least as far as the Aryan uh, yeah. group who were in northern India that you know that this this was now a, a religious sect yeah. that were one of the offshoots of the original um, creator God mentality yeah. they created different um, 
religions, I guess you would say, around the world. And the Aryans yeah. were, were, were one of these groups that yeah. were supposed to be kind of the, the, the people who were keeping the Creator God's philosophy yeah. in, in good stead. Um, now, now the the philosophy of the, of the Aryans was that they were created by Nordic-like giants. They, yeah. they, they were their progenitors, okay. Which is where Hitler adopted the Aryan philosophy from. Yeah, the the purity of the race and the Aryan, which everybody's heard of. Well, these Aryans were supposed to be direct descendants of these Nordic gods. Yeah, who you know you could make a case maybe were were the Anunnaki. Um. So so that symbol really represents that. Now another another kind of interesting thing is that symbol is also part of the uh, Native American culture, ancient culture. So how did that happen? Yeah. You know this this kind of gets into what we've talked about in previous shows is that there was a worldwide civilization at some point that had connectivity and that symbol was used in a lot of different places you know i think i think it's used in uh, tibet isn't it yeah Tim? isn't it yeah, tibetan it's a, as well it's a, it's a common ancient symbol in fact when i i visited a, a pagan tomb in in the in the catacombs in rome and i noticed through the bars you couldn't get into it that the wall was emblazoned with the uh, swastikas there you go so so that kind of indicates that there's a common thread that runs through you know a lot of a lot of our culture that we we really don't have any history on we don't really have any knowledge of so so that's that's kind of a sidebar i guess but i thought it was yeah, interesting. you know before we leave this i had yeah. an aunt in Naki, italy that used to make the best pasta <laughs> <laughs> was it was it in the form of a swastika <laughs> yeah, yeah a little swastika a swastika, pasta. <laughs> swastika pasta yeah. <laughs> Put a lot of sauce on that, uh, which kind of looks like kind of looks like blood. <laughs> mommy, mommy, put a, of, I, put a lot of cheese. Mommy, mommy, I don't want to drink to my tomato juice. It looks like blood. Shut up and drink it before it clots. Uh, mommy, my swastika pasta is going the wrong way. Turn shut over. up, Vladimir, and drink your tomato juice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're so, out of control here. Okay, so so we're getting to, were we ever in control, we're, Jim? We're, we're getting to the fourth Reich and, and how um, that that whole power structure, you know, throughout the world is is now I think sort of being created in terms of a a new world order. And, because and, well, let's let's stop and break it up here for a second. Because okay. what? Because we skipped over Project Paperclip. What? Okay. Well, we yeah we want we, we want skipped over that. that. Okay. And the thing is, is that Truman had said Truman and then Eisenhower had had said sure we want Nazi scientists to come over here and help us out in all these realms of industry and the space program and we brought over von Braun and we gave him you know NASA and we get and and we put all these former Nazis to work with the understanding that they were not higher up Nazis and Dulles through the newly formed CIA, which was once known as the OSS, right. whitewashed everybody's record and fabricated evidence, fabricated proof with the help of a lot of former Nazis and the Vatican who issued these old these passports, these illegal passports, whitewashed everybody, brought everybody in and put these people to work 
in all of these industries all over North America. Because Canada, you're not getting off the hook. Um, we put all these people to work in um, all these, like, all the, you know, like, I'm not saying Dow Chemical, but Dow Chemical-like companies, like companies like not Corning, but like Corning, mm-hmm. all of the big major brands that you can think of. We took old Volkswagen engineers and we put them to work in Detroit. And, and former Nazis are responsible in part for the economic boom that occurred during the late 40s and so that, early 50s. So that's where the K car came from. That's exactly where the KKK car ah, came from. I always from. wondered about that. Um, now, you know, but, and let me, <clears throat> let me insert here that because of the Cold War, you know, we really wanted the Nazi intelligence network to survive oh, sure. and to work for oh, us. Yeah. So we brought them over and basically, you know, we put the, the fox in the hen house. They, they gradually infiltrated our, our system over the decades and they're behind the scenes you know their philosophies at work behind all this oh yeah absolutely but, but another another point too is that some of the some of the nazis went to the soviet union yeah i mean they had a block of scientists that, that you know they got their share too yeah so this automatically set up again the the the, the this didactic this one right. side against the other you know which is what right. the, which is what the cold war became and and it's all set up it's not it's not right. happenstance it's all it's a set up conflict to, right to and while create, and while we're distracted with that meanwhile they're working behind the scenes to push their agenda you got it and on top you, of you everything just, you just hit the bingo button Bob. and and and, he, and here's the thing to consider because the thing is is that you need adversity you to be able to thrive you need adversity because the thing is like the entire notion of we need to beat them right. to the finish line. Right. You need conflict. Exactly. Because <clears throat> the thing is, if you put a runner out on the track and you tell the runner, you need to beat this time. If he's running all by himself, he's not going to run as fast as he would if he was running against somebody, another runner, another sprinter, who was, that's the reason why we have things like the Cold War. Right. You look at the, I mean, you, you look at the relationship between the, the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox. The reason why the Boston Red Sox became such a great team is not because we brought in all these great, because we had a villain here in, here in New England to beat. If it wasn't for the New York Yankees, I don't think that the Boston Red Sox would have ever become the great team that they became. But, it's a rivalry. But, but what, happens, a rivalry. what happens when you have a, when you have a, a conflict or a, a competition or whatever you want to call it? Everybody's watching that, and they're not watching what's going on in the oh, right. behind the scenes. You know, so so that's the whole intent behind it. It's it's getting people to focus on. It's like a shell game. You know, watch what's happening here. Watch what's happening right. here. But you don't see what's really happening behind behind the whole thing behind the closed doors that of, and that and that's really what our now i think that's really what our political system has come down to it's, yeah. it's a charade it's a show yeah which which is why everybody gets all you know gets all the fur flying over the election and everything and and look at how much money went into that and how much energy and blah 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 and what came out of it you know it's same old same old really it's just if whether Democrats win or the Republicans win, it's, it's all matter. the same thing. It's, it's, the government it's, still yeah, wins. It's all the same thing. And it's not really anything anyway. It doesn't really have any real import in, in the long run. The, the, the big game is being played elsewhere. Behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah being played in, in different spots. 
So you know, I, let me inter- um, let me interject a small note of hope here for for people that are listening to this. Oh, why w- why would you want to do that? What Jim? the hell, Jim? <laughs> you know, like taking a cold shower. Fourth, <laughs> you know, according to esoteric knowledge, this is the fourth age, the Kali Yuga, the age of heavy negativity and materialism, and we're we're deeply embroiled in it. Mm-hmm. And the distractions of politics and and uh, and and racial division and everything else that catches people's minds and upsets them and uh, has them running hither and yon in, in their minds. Uh, people have to learn to, to return to their own individual spiritual center and, and try to ignore what's going on uh, around them because all it's just all the play of illusion. And uh, I, I just wanted to, I, I don't know if it seems off topic, but really if you listen to everything that we're talking about here, it's like, oh my God, you throw up your hands and say, I, I give up. You know, there's no way to, to combat all of this, and there isn't. The the, the 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 you know the goal should be for each individual to to keep their own center. No, that's a good that's a good piece of advice. I think that's I, I think that's good for everybody to do, uh, regardless of what the what the conflict is. You know, whether it's a political conflict or or an internal conflict or or whatever it is. That that's that's always good. You're not yeah, you good can't solve, you can't solve the larger picture. No, you can't. It's there. Yeah, it's right. there. It's good to know about it. You know, which, uh, which is why the the protests, the protests don't really do anything. Nobody, they, don't, they don't accomplish it's, it's anything. Not, look at the one percenters. Where are they? They're gone. Remember that they were setting up tents. They were they were protesting about. The, you mean you mean the um the occupy the occupy well, Wall Street and stuff like that? A couple years ago. Yeah. Well, that was they were that, setting up and. In, uh, in different different places, parks in the cities, and they were protesting the super wealthy. Yeah, where the, where were they during the election? You know that that, that could. Have, they, they, I'm just saying they, that yeah. that movement was like, uh, if it was even a real movement, just dissipated. No, it's away. full of crap. It's yeah, it might it's, have been set up. Who knows? You know, I don't know. It's I th- I was I went to the one in uh, actually the one on Wall Street. I went I visited that with my son yeah. when he was there. And, oh, that's right. Those people were. I mean, they were. They believed in what they were doing. Yeah. But, you know, it didn't go very far. It didn't, didn't really have any long-lasting impact. The thing is, is it... It was squashed. It was squashed. It was well, I mean, the thing... Squashed by the media. There, I mean, he, I mean here's, here's the thing. <clears throat> you are never going to accomplish anything by just showing up to a protest... You know, wearing your 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 T-shirts with the with the logos and holding your signs and mar- walking around, you are not ever going to change anything. You need to get involved in the process and actually do something other than freaking whine and cry and complain and tell your professors that you know it's like I'm so distraught over the election. You need to like wave the the, the midterms. It doesn't work like that. And I can tell. And I can tell you. As as a former crybaby, I can tell you, you know, all of my problems have one thing in common, Walt. And I know that you. this is part of a conversation that you and I had in regards to something else. All of my problems have one thing in common. What is that one thing in common? You. Me. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's true. That's you know? true of everybody, though, actually, when you think about it. You know, you know, we create most of our own problems. You know, and, and it gets you know and it, goes, it goes back to what you were saying, Jim. It's when you get off center. When you lose, when you lose your spiritual center, you, you get into territory like that, you know, because you don't really know how to handle stuff like that because you yeah. have no, you have no, nothing to go, go on. Yeah. You know, you have no compass yeah. is what it comes down yeah. to. And you're right about protesters, uh, you know, Eric, uh, they all, uh, 
need to buy teepees because they're too tense. <laughs> but, you know, you you and I lived through the '60s and the and the protest movement and all that stuff. And what did that really amount to? Not not a whole whole lot at this point. Nah. Everybody thought you know oh, it was going to be a new, uh, get rid of the old and come in with the new, and it's really not no. anything different than no. what it was because the the same underlying forces is, is all the players have you know, changed. That whole protest thing was was a. You was know, a setup, big I business think, you know? brought out the counterculture. Yeah, exactly. You know, oh, institutionalized exactly. the jeans exactly. and ripped jeans, then ripped jeans and T-shirts and smiley faces, and they bought us out. Absolutely, and we bought right Absolutely. into it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, getting back to the fourth wreck, one thing we haven't didn't really talk about is the group of of Nazi scientists that became NASA. Yeah. Um, Von Braun. With, yeah. Well, Von Braun was the head of it, but there was yeah. a, there was a large group of them that. Yeah. That really, you know, kind of when you think about it, it's ironic that 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 the the actual uh, plans for the for the nuclear bomb that we used to take out Japan was a result of of the German scientists' research. Yeah, they, they were the they were the progenitors of that whole thing. There were some American scientists like Teller that that took that and and you know yeah. finalized it, but but they really had started the. I mean, they were they probably had a prototype for that that. They may have tested, or or who knows what. Um, so so that's what NASA became. NASA was yeah. was rooted in 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 Nazi research and Nazi scientists. And and another little interesting point um, is that when the the crash, um, the remnants of the crash at Roswell, Roswell yeah. was was brought to right. I don't think it was Wright, Wright Patterson. I don't think it was Wright Patterson then. It was Wright Air Force, but I think yeah, it later yeah. became Wright Patterson. But that's a fine point. Um, this this whole group of NASA scientists that worked on the atomic bomb and were uh, were now probably moving toward the space program um, were sent there. Yeah. So so they knew. You know, there's there's a lot of conjecture and and maybe some evidence. I don't know how much hard evidence there is that 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 the Nazis were were actually um, reverse engineering flying um, saucers. Flying saucers. Yeah. That, There's there was a lot one, of one evidence. that had crashed in the um, in the forest. Yeah. You remember the name of that forest, Jim? That uh, Rendlesham. Uh, yeah. Uh, no. no, no, that was England. Um, Are you talking about the it's Black Forest in in yeah. Bavaria? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Black Forest in Bavaria. You know, they captured, the, the Germans had a crash in the 30s, and we had one in 41, I think, in the Midwest, that, that, that's not given much play. So we were, we were, we had possession, and they had possession way before uh, Roswell. Yeah. yeah. And, and all that stuff's tied together. You know, and it's, all, it's all sort of one big ball of wax somehow. Yeah. So, you know, we, we in the, at, at the end of the day, we benefited quite a bit from from those Nazis, from the knowledge those Nazi scientists brought over here. For good and for bad. For good and for bad, right? But you know, ain't that so, the way it goes? So the fourth, let's say, let's say that the Fourth Reich, rather than being a physical entity like the Third Reich was, mm -hmm. is more of a philosophical movement that's that's a that's kind of infiltrated things behind the scenes. That that's just kind of it, it's there there on some level I, I agree and disagree with you provisionally of of course i th i mean obviously a lot of former nazis have infiltrated many aspects of american society government and industry with i mean without a doubt but there's also the notion is that we have been slowly becoming a fascist state 
since the late 1940s. Oh, oh, before that. Yeah. The, 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 right after the Civil War, it started. You think so? I think so, yeah. When, when imperialism started to take over, we, we became corporatized. That's when corporate money really started to affect politics and, and American policy. That's, that's oh, the beginning sure, of, sure. of fascism, I think, personally. Okay. What do you think, Jim? I don't know. You have a spin on that? or? I, no, it, it sounds valid to me. Yeah, I mean, at a very, at a very um, early level, it was moving in that direction. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? It didn't. It didn't hit full, full gear till. Uh, till um, I agree with that. After the war, I guess. Because I mean, the thing is, is that mm. I mean, and I and I mentioned this in the last part, podcast. Whereas there are so many um, compartments, compartmentalizing that is going on in American society. Everybody is being funneled into these certain casts and we live in it and whether or not you want to believe it or not and i know that like a lot of people are adamantly shaking their head saying no 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 america is a caste system not unlike india and pakistan you have an elite group that you know that are bloodline families yeah getting you know i don't want to put i don't want to mention the anunnaki again because I, yes i don't do. want eric i don't yes eric you to do. want to get old to get too excited but uh, you know these bloodline families are 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 really the the elite um, who who are behind all of these these financial doings. You know because they yeah, have yeah. they have all this money that they've had for you know for hundreds of years now probably, and, and they they like the they like having that power and control and and they um, you know they enjoy that. But but that group is is not easy to. To infiltrate because there really is some bloodline stuff going on and that's been from, yeah you know that goes through back to europe and the the royalty and and the english royalty and the windsors who of course we know our friends the bushes are part of the windsor royalty so there's the there's the blood there's thing, that too you know so uh, i think i think what i was trying to say about the fourth reich is like the third reich was the the ultimate culmination of, of you know a physical manifestation of everything we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And when that didn't work, you know, it morphed into the fourth Reich, which is like, it's here. It's subtly in your face. You know, you know, the Patriot Act, Homeland Security, uh, the, you know, the, uh, the vaccinations, the mass vaccination uh, uh, that they want from the CDC, you know, promoting that type of thing. All, all of that's got gradually creeping up on us. And that's, well, and, that's, and that and that that fits into the, the the IG Farben, uh, you know, making the chemicals for that kind of stuff. Right. You know, making and the and the big drug companies too. You know, they're all sort of wrapped into one nice little package, or or maybe not so nice. Uh, but but to Eric's point about categorizing, you know, it's, it's divisiveness. It's creating a divide. Oh, it's one against yeah. the other. You know, um, you're a Republican mm -hmm. or you're a Democrat, you're black or you're white or you're Latino or you're this or you're that or you're, you know, uh, getting on a small level. You're this kind of fan or you're that kind of fan. It's all about divisiveness. Sure. It's all about pitting one group against the other so you don't see what the big game is. And, I, and I'm, I'm half joking when I say this. Look at the decisiveness in geek nerd culture. The Star Trek fa fans versus the Star Wars fans, and you and, and you look at the that everybody is looking for their tribe, and we are engaging in pop culture tribal warfare, and it happens on every level. All and I mean, 
like getting back to baseball and baseball fans. If you're here in New England, your tribe wears the logos and the emblems of the Boston Red right, Sox. I, th- I think that's the Atlanta Braves, Eric, the tribe. But you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. I'm teasing you. If you're if you're in New England, trying to keep it light, Eric. If you're if if you're in New England and you are quote a real man, your tribal images and logos is the logo for the Boston Red Sox and the New England Patriots and the Boston Bruins. Right, that's your tribe. Yeah, that's so, your tribe. And that's kind of innocuous until it gets to the point where people like start beating each other up over over who won the game and stuff. I mean, and come, I mean, really, but that's part of the plan. Well, I know that's what I'm saying. It's it's divisiveness. It's it's all. Um, it's all built into the equation, you know, because if you can pit one group against the other and, and getting back to Nazi Germany, yeah. that's what they did there. It was the Jews and, and the, the under, the, uh, the underclasses, yeah. Yeah. The, the subhumans that, yeah. that Hitler referred to as they the Eastern, Euro- yeah, the, the, the Eastern European, you know, subhumans as he classified them. And, yeah. and so that made it okay for people to hate them and, they, and it gave them a focus for their, for their hate, you know, and in the United States we have, and, and when you think about what Trump did, it's 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 exactly what he did. He, he yeah. pitted one group against the other, and he took his group of, uh, of, but, of supporters. But and, yeah, what's the but? Hillary Clinton did the same thing. Well, maybe, but she didn't. Yeah. She didn't do it as well because she didn't win. But I think, but how much of that stuff Trump really believes? I I don't think much. I think it was just all a ploy. It was a. It's all part of the plan. It was a charade that he a charade that he put on. It's yeah. all part of the plan. Go ahead, Jim. I didn't mean, I mean, I mean, you know, we get away. We need to get away from the group mind and return to our center as individuals, and that's that's the only solution on an individual basis to have hope. You know, for whatever time we each have left in our lives, because group movements don't work. They may have a a higher goal initially, but they always deteriorate into something that they weren't meant to be in the first place. Yeah, that, that's true. That, Look, that, that tends to be true. Well, hold on a second. You wait here, Trekkie. You put yourself back in your place. If I wanted to hear your opinion, I'd give it to you. <laughs> oh, Eric, that's so oppositional. <laughs> here's here's a, here's something that is is a question I have, I guess. Um, and, and you guys can weigh in on it if, if you want. Um, do you remember the the Spielberg version of um, War of the Worlds? Hell to the yeah. Okay, which which in my opinion was not a not a particularly great movie. I, I think he got lost somewhere with the. It was he, horrible. It was yeah. like two <laughs> hours you. of a little girl screaming and Tom Cruise being portrayed <laughs> as Try, trying to be macho. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when uh, I don't know if you remember the. Um, when when the aliens first started appearing at the beginning of the movie, they yeah. were, they were like implanted in the ground, sort of. Yeah. Yes. And, and you don't know how long they were there, or uh, which exactly. which I thought was a great concept. Yeah. How long okay. have they been hiding underground? All so, Anunnaki. <laughs> well, it could be. That could be. I was going to get to that. <laughs> so so my my question about the Fourth Reich is now now you have all of these these. Um, Nazis that came over to the United States and and who knows where else they went. Um, now now these people are either extremely old or dead by now. True. Yeah. yeah. Well. Okay. Uh, yes. Unless they were really young. Unless, you know, unless they were unless they were like Hitler Youth or something. Unless, you know? unless their brains are being cut you're, you're out talking and put about, to robots. You're talking about what? Like seven? How many years since the war ended? 
45 to is it 70 years it's something like that 71 they'd either be dead or in their 90s yeah Yeah. yeah. so so you have to wonder you know getting back to that spielberg analogy what kind of things did they plant in their backyard you know or in their in their families or you know where could these where could that philosophy potentially rise up out of the ground and and are there plants around the world where uh, you know getting getting oh, back yeah. getting oh, yeah. getting back to the um to the ira levine book the boys from brazil so, oh, um, you, you damn it or stole, you, stole creep, your thunder, you creep me out when you freaking do that well well there, there you know that was a you know it's fiction but it was a kind of a cool idea the movie wasn't so great but um you know it was the concept of of taking hitler's genetics and and disseminating it disseminating it throughout the in that case it was south america but who knows what um you know maybe there was a genetic component to to nazism and and who knows if that isn't some some aspect of the fourth reich i bet i i what do you guys think about that i bet you a bottle of scotch i have no idea how we're going to pull this off but I would bet you a bottle of scotch, somebody out there somewhere who has some kind of blood samples or hair samples or, or, or skin follicles or something, somebody is trying to clone Hitler or some other biblical or historical character. Yeah, I could see for, that. For, could as, see that. as a figurehead. What do you think, Jim? What's your, what's your spin I, on that? I, you know, given what we're seeing today in the how fast technology is moving, I think it's certainly possible. You know, uh, I, I think I sent you an email, and if you saw it, well, uh, a must-see movie, apropos to what you're talking about, is is a movie, a foreign movie called Guess Who's Back. I think it was made in Germany. And it's about Hitler somehow time travels from the bunker to 2014 in Germany. And you, it, it's, it's humorous and not humorous, but it's really well done. You guys would... Uh, Anybody would really maybe enjoy he maybe he it. took a ride on Der Glocken. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> the, the bell. Or whatever, but that but supposedly he, was yeah. a time travel device. I, I you know, anything's but possible. They, they, they that's, show that's him another walking show, but. around in his uniform in modern day Germany, and the reaction from the people on the street is really interesting. Yeah, that's kind of cool. It was I, unrehearsed, you know. I did see your email, but I I didn't. Um, is, I, I didn't access the movie yet, but it does sound so kind of cool. Not all so, topic so what, to what you're saying about cloning, Eric. Yeah. It's just that uh, I don't think the nature of people has changed. It's very interesting to watch modern-day Germans react to this guy really looked like Hitler walking around in his uniform. But but getting back to the genetic part, um, you know, there, there was there was a lot of talk uh, about Goebbels, uh, not Goebbels. Yeah. Um, who was who was the the Himmler. No, no, the um, Mengele. Mengele, the slave, the the, the uh, doctor that did the experiments in the in the concentration camps. Well, he escaped, allegedly, to, to, allegedly escaped to South America, and was in a village, and he was doing um, some kind of experiments with the village. What? There was there were there were people in this yeah. village that were very looked very similar to each other, and he was doing he he had something going on with twins. There was something with he twins. Used twins he, in the concentration camps. He was trying to pull right. something off genetically. He was doing something with twins. I don't know what the real connection, but but the 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 Nazi um, 
experiments were not just tech technology experiments. There were a lot of medical stuff going oh, on. Oh yeah. Too. So oh, so who knows, what, oh, yeah. who knows what who knows what you know, and it, and it may not even be genetic, but who knows that there wasn't some kind of implanted um and this is really getting out there, I guess, but some kind of an implanted um mindset. Yeah. That that that, that didn't you know, that didn't stop with the, with the with the Nazis that came over. You know, they these guys obviously assimilated into the American culture and and married people and and had families and and you know, we're just kind of you know, there's on a, the surface there, anyway, a, we're sort of just like regular Americans. There's a but, great I movie. Think that's interesting speculation on both your parts. I, I think it's I th it's all quite possible and yet you can't write anything off. Yeah, there's also a great movie that I think people need to see. It's called Apt Pupil. Oh, I saw that. That's a Stephen King story, actually. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But uh, it's it because the thing is, is that it's like I mean, I I recently rewatched the movie Boys from Brazil. Did you? It's a little cheesy. It, it wasn't particularly well. Done. Not as good yeah. as the book. Greg, Greg was it Gregory Peck was in that, right? Gregory Peck yeah, and uh, the, and Lawrence Oliver, the, the, Lawrence Olivier the, on the edge of his career, I think. And, um, was it before or after the Omen? That was after, I think. Really? I think it was after. I do. I do think it was after. Yeah, I'm not sure. I can't attest to that completely. But anyway, the the, um, the, the movie does not nearly do the book the justice. No. I mean, you're talking about Ira Levine wrote Rosemary's Baby and Stepford Wives and yeah, um, you know the boys from Brazil. It's an that's, interesting idea. That's really what is. I'm. I'm going to tell you. I think that it did uh, come off cheesy though. Unfortunately, Boys of Brazil is one of those movies. I would be happy and excited to see a remake. Absolutely, of that. it could have been done better. Yeah, yeah clearly, clearly. Yeah. Um, so who yeah, knows? That would be a great remake done in modern terms. It yeah. would. It would. Yeah. yeah. With a with a slightly different, um, more yeah. modern spin. You've on got it, you've got to read the book. It's it looks one of great. Those. Yeah, oh yeah, it's really good. He's a good writer. I don't know what happened to him. He sort of, he wrote a sequel to Rosemary's Baby, which was not so good. That's what happens. Yeah. That's what happens. And, he, and uh, I think he might still be alive. I don't know. Maybe get him on the show. <laughs> yeah, he, if he can still get, get him on the show. If he can still put two words together, I don't know. Well, so we we. So that's kind of a good stopping place, I guess. That, Where are we time wise? It. Oh no, we like um, hour and a half. We, we we are now at two hours and three. Oh, uh, we did two hours. Okay. So we went pretty. We it's went worth kinda, it, though. We went kind of long. It's, it's yeah. worth it. But I, I, one of the things I, I, I want to go around and get everybody's final thoughts before I give my final thoughts. And Jim, what's your final thought um, for this for the show? I have to go feed the cats. <laughs> <laughs> Tender vittles. <laughs> I, that's all I. <laughs> tongue in cheek. That's really all I can say. Gotta we grab we covered the gamut, and there's so much more. You, you, you can't do it justice in two hours. No, well, we are we are going to do another show next week, following through on the rise of the Fourth Reich, written by Jim Mars. Um, and the thing, and we're going to do a follow up show, our annual show on the JFK assassination. Wow, that could that that could stretch into infinity. Well, that's why I want to focus on more, not so much on the assassination and who did it or, or you know, whether We've done Oswald did death. it or whatever. Yeah, it's it's been death. done. What I want to focus in on, on more is why he was assassinated. Oh, the connections. Okay, yeah. yeah and yeah, and, and, and Alan, very and interesting. We're going, we're, we, are going to, we are going to lay down the case. We are going to um, play the role of the prosecution. And Walt and I are 
two prosecutory um, lawyers, we are going to present the case against Alan Dulles and his role in the JFK assassination. And it's up yeah. to the readers to decide if whether or not. Well, you know, getting back to Peter Lavenda, who who um, is a really good writer and researcher. Yeah, I, I really recommend that book. Um, Which book is it? Well, it, it's the it's the fourth Reich in. It's not in dystopia. I can't remember the words. It, it's a D word. So I, you'll have to put that on the show page. Yeah, yeah. But, um, he he talks about the connection between um the the original the the guy that was involved in the maury island um ufo sighting uh-huh. and how he he how that whole thing morphed into the group that um was behind the jfk assassination yeah uh which which you know on the surface is is seem seemingly a huge stretch but the way yeah. he lays it out it, it makes perfect sense and the, and the guy that they reported that sighting to is is one of the guys that um, showed up in New Orleans in the, in the Garrison yeah. case? Yeah, you know, so you know, all all this stuff's connected, and we can we can talk about the. Uh, I think your, I your, did read that book now, Walt, but it's been a while. Yeah, well, I can I can dredge that that the name of that, or Eric can put it on the show page. Yeah, um, when you get me that link, give yeah, me the name of that yeah. book, Walt. Uh, this guy's an impeccable researcher, along with Jim Mars. Jim Mars is a I mean, Joe Mars is a journalist. He's, he's, he doesn't just blow stuff out of his backside. Is this you know? is is that your final thought? Um, yeah. Well, I guess my final thought is that I, I I hope the listeners will tune in again next week for what will be like kind of the part third three. part of this trilogy where we di- dissect what the what the factors were behind JFK's you know assassination and how that connects to. Um, like Lincoln's assassination, and you know, and how the, none of these things are, are uh, you know, in isolation. They're they're all really part of the same same deal, the same dealings. Yeah. And and how our boys, uh, the Bush boys, come come into all this yeah. along with Alan Dulles and and yeah. that whole that whole happy crew. That, yeah. You know that we. Yeah. Well, you guys play the pros- prosecutors next week, and I'll play Maryland. Happy birthday, Mister President. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, you, do you have do you have a Bible you can thump? <laughs> <laughs> Playing the role of S. Marilyn? <laughs> no, you, you can be uh, Cotton Mather. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that I with, think a, I, with a with a red face thumping the Bible. <laughs> I think that my final thought before we sign off here is that regardless of who won this past Tuesday, we would still have done the show. And I would have, and I'm going to make the argument that this is all a show. This is all part of the big, huge plan to keep America divided, and that whoever won, whether it was Hillary or Trump, we would be at the same place that we are now. And keep keep us enslaved at a lower energy level. That's exactly what they've done, and they've done a great job with they the majority have. of yeah. the clowns that Absolutely. are out there. Because everybody's now responding like, "Oh my God, what's Trump going to do?" You know. That's not even really the point. No. You know, that's not even really the point. They're missing I the point. remember, all the world's a stage, and upon it, we are merely players. Right, right. Getting back to Eric's cave analogy, with, yeah. you know, that, that goes back to ancient Greece, and it's still as valid today as it was then. And Shakespeare. You know? and, yeah, it's all, and, it's all, they, they, all those guys could see it coming. It's all part Include, of the show. It's all including part Including our show. boy Morrison, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, um, but does Jim Morrison have any, any, uh, any, any final words since, uh... Yeah, I, I, I... <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I haven't been in contact. I haven't gone to the other side lately. Maybe next week. All right. Yeah, let us know. Keep us posted. Hey, Jim, right? thanks for hanging around. You did. You added a lot hey. to the show. You, you have a lot of... Uh, you know, a lot of knowledge. I, I especially like the the spin you put on it to, to to everybody keep their heads up, you know, and and stay hopeful. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not the end of the world no. as we no, know it's it. Important, and I appreciate you inviting me on this week. I wasn't I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. It was an enjoyable. Thank you. I'm glad yeah. you could uh, make make a slot in Loretta Land for. <laughs> Take you care. have no idea what Loretta Land's turned into lately with the grandkids and everything else I'm doing. All right. All right, you take I care. I'm going to go see my 96-year-old mother now. It's, it's, a new, it's a new reality show. Send her my love, by the way. She's, a, she's an awesome lady. Yeah. Will do. Take care, Jim. Great show. All right, Thanks, take care, Jim. guys. Woo. This podcast is dedicated to exploring the unexplained and supernatural phenomenon and is dedicated to you people, our listeners. You can learn more about us by going to our webpage, metaphysicalpodcast.com. There you will find links to this episode show page with links to more information on this podcast's topics. Also, the metaphysicalpodcast.com, you can find links to our Facebook and Twitter handle, past episodes, and links to our iTunes and Player FM accounts. That's also a great portal for you to contact us and let us know if you'd like to be guests on our show. Just drop us a line with a quick summary of what you'd like to talk about or promote and means of getting back in touch with you. The Metaphysical Connection is a product of the Fedora Chronicles Network, copyright 2016, all rights reserved. Until next time, keep your chins up and your fedoras on. filled in my, my uh, yeah, I, blank spot in my... Well, like an old married couple or I can finish yeah, some of your sentences. Thank you, Eric.